You don't look at the camera? You look at each other? Yeah, I keep it like I'll intro and like address the camera. Okay. And then I'll like be very conversational, kind of facing you most of the time. Great. Cool. Well, before we start, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm just getting started. And so it's neat for me to be able to branch out like at a very initial stage and meet people that I've never met before. And I think people in Bozeman like you have such unique stories. So what number is this? This is number five. Okay. Episode five. You know, 10's the big number, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good job. You're halfway yeah. to the big number. I know, right. Here yeah, I'm, I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. It's Ben Nelson with The Tech Intern Show. Today, I have with me Tim Lockie of Now It Matters. Um, this is episode five, so thank you so much for tuning back in. It means a lot. We are on this journey um, halfway to 10, like Tim just said, so... Super excited about that. Uh, before we get into Tim, just a little housekeeping things. Um, if you like what you're seeing, want to see more, want to get notified, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, just the red button down below. You can also find the Tech Intern Show on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm putting out short blurbs and uh, graphics, messages, stuff like that on both of those channels. So go follow along there. That's great content. Um, now that housekeeping's out of the way, Let's, uh, let's get right into it. Tim, I'm going to drop it to you. We'll start with like kind of a little bit about yourself and then get into sort of now it matters, entrepreneurship, nonprofits, Salesforce, all that good stuff. Great. We'll go question for question at the beginning, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, what do you want to know? Um, let's go university, school, and then kind of how you found your place in Bozeman. Sure. Yeah. So I was born in Bozeman. So that was, um, I've, like, Bozeman found me, I guess. Heck yeah. And uh, I've, my, my parents met at the local high school over a piece of chocolate cake. And Cute. then I went to that high school. Now my kids are going to that high school. So I guess it's kind of like Hawks forever for, uh, <laughs> for the Lockies. Yeah. Um, That's super cool. Yeah. How about you? Where are you from? I'm uh, from Des Moines, Iowa. And so my actually my grandparents took my parents out here when – they were my age, and so then it just kind of came a thing of we would come out two, three times a year, stay up in Big Sky, ski, fly fish, and Bozeman and Big Sky have kind of become my second home. So I love it out here, and I'm a freshman at Montana State now, so, so I'm really just getting started. first home now. Yeah, something like that. Welcome. I, I love Des Moines, but um, this is like a really nice change in pace of scenery, and um, the people here are incredible, just yeah. like Des Moines. So, yeah, super exciting stuff. Let's get into a little bit about something that I don't know too much about is sort of the nonprofit Salesforce sort of whole ecosystem that you play with on an hourly basis. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm a serial do-gooder. So starting from the high school on, I've been involved in nonprofits um, all of my adult life and... Um, and that was faith-based, um, so doing youth ministry, working with churches. Um, and um, so it was great. I moved to San Francisco um, and was working for um, a nonprofit there, faith-based non nonprofit. I had studied economics at San Francisco State. Wow. And, um, you know, the more, the more I got into the type of work I was doing, I, you know, hoped to be a speaker, writer, influencer, but... Um, when I, when I looked at the data, I was in the back room helping people figure out what they, uh, were doing on their computers and was figuring out how to use information to 
uh, advance our cause as an organization. Wow. And uh, I was looking for the right system to do that with. And in 2007, 2008, um, there weren't a lot of systems that were cross-platform and would work from a slum in Cambodia and mm. in you know Romania, et cetera. So um, yeah, I, I looked at 30 different systems, finally looked at Salesforce and did not know what I was looking at, so ran away, tried some other stuff, and just kept coming back to this crazy thing called Salesforce, which, I mean, part of why it's so bad is the two worst words you could ever use for most nonprofits are sales and force. Yeah, so you're right. It kind of like, you know, as bad a branding as you could possibly do with the name Salesforce. And um, That's funny. So it did take me a while to get, uh, honestly, just to get over that and understand, like, you know, so mo most people enter the Salesforce world through, like, leads, opportunities, yeah, sales. Right. You know, it was like, I was in for, like, three or four years before I finally saw why they had built it the way they did, which sure. was uh, which was interesting. So yeah. um, that's kind of, that's, that's the background of how I found uh, how I found it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I've been working with, you make a good point about how it took you three, four years to really figure out what was going on. I've been working with... Zenovo as an intern and have loved what I've done so far and learned an incredible amount about the platform. And I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. Yep. And just like basic operations and also sort of the customization that you can do, truly incredible what they've built. And I can understand why they're seeing so much growth in a short amount of time when having customer interactions be so valued now is like top way to do business. So, And in 2008, it really was possible to just dive into the setup menu and just go hmm. like tab by tab all the way or, you know, um, row by row, I guess, all the way down and kind of get a sense of what everything did. And so I did that. 2009, I just had like a 10-month headache um, <laughs> because I was just obsessive and was like learning it. I built an applicant tracking system Whoa. without knowing anything about it and, you know, uh, used FormAssembly for that, which is a great product. And so, um, yeah, and then rolled it out to 450 users globally and did not, did not know really... Uh, what I was doing in all of that, but <laughs> but just kind of figured it out. And I would say now there, you know, this was before there was the Trailhead community, before there was Trailhead. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah, it, it was. It, I feel like it was. There was less to learn, okay. but there's now more resources to kind of focus on what you're going to learn. And right. that I think is what's different. Is like don't don't even worry about learning at all. Like like figure out what. You know, go deep on a couple of things, and yeah. then the rest will kind of come if it needs to. How did you sort of, you took so many years to kind of figure out the Salesforce platform and then begin to build things just like off of your sort of different parameters. How did you translate that into now it matters and kind of where you stand today? Yeah, so one would hope that I had done the the path that you're talking about. <laughs> but instead, I... I think they, they invited me to lead a session at, um, at Dreamforce in 2011, um, no, 2010, because out of the entire Salesforce ecosystem, I had put more apps into production than any other, 
Anybody else? Um, and that wow. is not, I mean, like, I was honored at the time, and looking back now, I'm just like, what was, so, like, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a sandbox. <laughs> so I just, like, threw all of this stuff in. Right in a production. I just absolutely just threw it in. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I remember one night I was like, man, it'd be interesting if you could, like, see, like, some of these cool, uh, you know, templates that they've got out there. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see a Salesforce record you know, with this. And so I just was like, well, I guess that's visual force. And so I just looked at Jeff Douglas's stuff and <laughs> figured out how to style sheet visual force in one night and like go. pushed it out to a site. And, you know, so it was like really Fast. like if you have, if there are no guardrails on the cliffs, you can just drive up and down the cliffs. And, you know, as long as you don't kill yourself, it's fine. So no I would say like, do not do that. I would not recommend that as a learning path, but I would say, um, and I, and I feel like that's part part of what happens in from like Bozeman, Montana. What I've noticed is like we're just like, oh, you know, how hard can it be? Is kind yeah. of the motto. And right. And and there are parts of that that are great. So like just you know, how hard can it be? Let's try this. You know, is awesome. I would say I'm learning like, actually, it can be really hard. And maybe you know, maybe don't don't just throw everything in production and see what happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, nice. definitely. I'm assuming that you don't like. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, good, good job. Yeah. <laughs> we, and, and As the intern, I, I, I dabble heavily with sandboxes. Yeah, and good. it's it's only allowed sometimes to make changes in production with an internal org. Yeah. But like even that's very, very few yeah. and far between. I've yeah. learned to love the sandbox. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Environment control is <laughs> really, really important. And the governance. Mm -hmm. Sure. So tell me a little bit about now it matters kind of. As I was doing research, you have a very very remotely based team all across the United States. Um, tell me a little bit about what's it like working with nonprofits, kind of what drove you. You said faith-based sort of nonprofits. That was kind of the, the way that you wanted to go. How does it work now with you with Salesforce and nonprofit work? Something that, again, I don't know too much about, but very intriguing stuff, and you do incredibly impactful work. So, yeah, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started Now It Matters because I traveled, um, I think the year before I started Now It Matters, I had traveled 180 days. Um, wow. And so, yeah, I was on the road and um, I was leaving for a two-week trip. Um, I think it was either Asia or Europe um, and went to say goodbye to my um what was she at the time? I think she would have been seven at the time. Say goodbye to my seven-year-old daughter. And she, like, I said goodbye. And, you know, before, she'd always, like, run, give me a big hug. Everything's a mm. big deal that dad's leaving, leaving. She, like, looked up and was like, bye. And that was it. And I, uh, and something clicked for me. I was like, you know, the stories that you see on movies or whatever, where it's like the dad's out, like, doing all this great work, uh. but his kids don't really know him that much because he's always gone. And I was like... You know, there are choices that I have about what I'm going to do, and this is one of the choices I can make is that I'm not going to travel as much. Yeah. And so um, at, at that point, I started looking at, you know, what kind of career can I make for myself? And I'd done a lot in Salesforce. They had invited me to speak at the at, at Dreamforce, and I, I unfortunately was <laughs> out of town. <laughs> um, and in really started to reflect, like, I think that this is actually a really viable career, and um, we had hired a gold level partner to come in and help. After I'd 
done my initial rollout, I was like, okay, for the next phase of work, like, that's not me. We need a, a pro in here. Nice. So we had hired somebody to come in, and I was especially worried about the transaction level automation. And right. so, um, so we hired them to do that. And then they basically seconded me onto their team in order to get the project done and make it more affordable. And then they assigned me that piece to write. So the thing I was most worried about writing, I ended up writing just somebody else got paid for it. And <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. I was like, wait, and and that project really did not go well. And in retrospect, I would say that is as much me as them. Um, but I also felt like at the time I was like, this is like this is something I can do. And people like consultants that are great in the the for profit world don't know how nonprofits actually function, how decisions are made, mm. how like what's going on politically affects the climate a lot. Um, you know, you know, so there's a lot of informal ways that things are done that are native to me, because I know that. And just as I started to look at consultants, you know, we went through, I think, four. I was like, this, the problem here is that they don't know how nonprofits work. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I was like, yeah, I think that that's something I could help with. So um, I started Now It Matters in order to stay home. And all the reasons that that career made sense to me felt like it would make sense to other people. So mm. um, I was watching my wife, who's incredibly gifted, but wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and, and, and was um, at the time. But I realized, like, for single moms uh, who, are, who lead lives of chaos because their kids get sick and yeah. have soccer games and all of that, um, if, if they had a place where they could work, you know, and they had the flexibility to not check in before they go to a dentist appointment or wow. a soccer game yeah. or whatever. Like, that would actually be great for them. That'd be a great option. And so Now It Matters was, you know, very early in its, in its you know, age, and I was figuring things out. And one of the big questions was, do I go overseas or do I, you know, keep it at home? And one of the realities is that um, prices of, uh, you know, salaries on the coasts are a lot higher than they are in the flyover states. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I just started, like, looking for talent that was not on the coast. And, um, and then I also f just started putting together, um, from my economics background, what do people really want in a work environment? and started to try and align around the things that I know I wanted. And so that's how I'd find my staff. They would know nothing about Salesforce, but they were all, you know, really advanced in their understanding of nonprofits. They worked in nonprofits. They knew that world. So I would just bring them in and teach them. Uh, I, that's actually generous. I did not teach them. <laughs> I was like, here's the like, client. Here's trailhead. Right, yeah. No, there is no trailhead. <laughs> oh, my god. I was like, here's the client. I'm going to be on the phone call this week with them and you. And next week, you're leading the call. And I'll be on the phone. And, um, and basically found people that could keep up like that and wow. built a team out of... Uh, so I, I didn't look for positions. I didn't like put out job descriptions. Yeah. I looked for people who were... Uh, high aptitude, high alignment with what we were doing. Wow. Wow. And now you've grown to, you've grown to nationwide. How many employees do you have working So we have with about, you? yeah, we have, um, I think 23 right now, but it's 
you know, a little bit complicated. So we do have an overseas team. So we okay. we developed a strategic partnership with Daysworks out of India. Um, Shiv spoke at the at Big Sky Dreaming last year, and nice. yeah, he's a great guy. I met him through the Trailhead community. He's an MVP, and so uh, it was great to hang out with him and see his company. And so, um, so yeah, we do have staff there through Daysworks, and then we have staff, uh, like you said. 20 staff spread out over the U.S. Um, wow. Yeah, it's been it. I personally, I like remote work a, a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a hard time commuting to any office anyway. And sure. I think just looking at the future of work in the world, um, if you can just if you can unwind some of the you know, some of the expectations that we've had around work um, and reevaluate them, you can come up with a really different work environment. So wow. we're experimenting along those lines and, you know, lots to learn, but we've also learned a lot. And uh, I think that's been, that's been fun. That's super cool. Learn by doing. That's what I'm doing right now. But that's an incredible way to build a team. And you took sort of your vision there with staying at home and turn it into something truly incredible. So congrats on that. And like Thanks. you said, continue to learn. Like, yeah, that's super, super cool. So thank you for sharing a little bit about that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, last little segment I like to get into is a segment I call the final round. Um, something I've been doing with guests. Before you jump on, I'm so oh. sorry to interrupt. You no. had asked about impact and I did at least want to just say uh, one thing yeah, about that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So um, I would say one of the distinguishing characteristics of my staff and of Now It Matters is that um, while we do love what we're doing in terms of career and the, you know, what Salesforce offers us in, in that world, I would say that for us, our bottom line is figuring out how to create more good in the world. So I think of good as an actual metric. And so if you think about, um, you know, I sometimes think about a train that is just leaving to go to, you know, from Austin to Philadelphia or, or whatever. Sure. And it's 100, you know, 100 tons, that train weighs. Um, all it takes to, re, to, you know, to, to direct that train to New York instead is five pounds of pressure on a lever on a track, and then it's going someplace else, hmm. right? And I think about what we do with our clients uh, along those lines. So if we come in and we help them uh, make decisions better, if we can uh, provide information that allows them to, you know, connect the dots on how that the dollars translate to impact and they can raise more and increase their impact. Those those types of decisions are really small decisions or really uh, just a small amount of effort that can redirect the long term of where they're going for a long time. So wow. we do find our work really makes a difference in the in in the world and that's really really important to us and that's why we work with nonprofits specifically. Wow. Yeah, thank you for interrupting me. That, yeah. was, that was fantastic. Yeah, that's, wow. I'm blown away. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, now to the final round. A uh, little segment I'm doing just to kind of round out the episode. Some creative questions, some different sort of things. Um, first question, what's the book you recommend most to people? You have like a favorite read. Yeah, I feel like that's changing all the time. So recently, that has been a lot of business books. So sure. I would, I'm gonna just say, I would, I don't know the answer to everybody. No, um, no, I do actually. Ender's Game is like a favorite of mine. Uh, I, you know, yeah. like uh, I struggle with the misogyny in it and the, you know, homophobia in it, honestly. But the, but the the story itself is really really great, and I love that story. Um, I for 
business people that I've been working with, uh, David C. Baker's book around um, the business of expertise is absolutely phenomenal. It's been really great. Wow. That's, I'm going to look into that one. Um, with, with you like being such a remote worker and with a remote-based team, you said it's hard for you to commute to the office. Where do you find your most creative state? Is it like at your home, um, on the airplane, sort of in a totally different country? Where do you think you can produce the most creative thought? Airplanes. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's because especially long-haul flights, so when I'm traveling to India or Europe, yeah. um, it, it's, just, it's so interesting. It's like you... Um, when the airplane takes off, it, you're just kind of disconnected from time. Yeah. And that really actually is the case because, you know, however many hours it is, when you land, it's a different time zone. And yeah. so all of that's interrupted anyway. So we flew back from Europe, my wife and I, last week um, from, uh, uh, from Dream Olay. And we landed an hour after we took off. <laughs> like, it's just so strange how the, that, that works. So and so, um, but in, in terms of that space, you're just kind of there... And you are able to just, I'm able at least, to look over where we're going and think through higher questions around vision, what our values are, what we're trying to do, wow. how equality is different than equity and what it would look like to create a company where equity is a bottom line on outputs rather than inputs. Um, so I, I find that that's, you know, that's the space where I do a lot of that. Or I watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, What's your favorite either podcast or email subscription that you find most valuable to you when you have time to listen? Yeah. Um, Dave Pell's email, uh, Next Draft, is just okay. absolutely my favorite. And um, so I am, so I recorded um, with friends. We did a podcast, we did 50 episodes. And I think that's um, like maybe one of the few podcasts I've listened to because I had to do some of the editing. Nice. So I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> I feel really embarrassed to admit that. Um, but I, I find Next Draft to be a really great, um, really great uh, summary of what's going on. He calls himself the, uh, uh, the editor of the internet. So I think that's great. Wow. There's also a local one called the Montana Skim. I've and, heard that. Uh, yeah, that's great. It's a local person around here um, and, or, or team. And uh, I would say like, that's a, a good one if you're local. Perfect. Last question. What's the best thing about working with Now It Matters? You touched on like your values, your mission. What's like the pinnacle of what you do today? The quality of relationships, yeah. hands down. So um, that's both with my team and also with our clients. Sure. So um, yeah, they're um, I think it's easy to, which is, so this is ironic. It's a relationship management system. Yeah. And, you know, in business and in life, the most valuable resource that we have anywhere is relationships. The value of trust, even at an economic level, just sure. the, that trust, in, you know, includes so much in terms of efficiency and uh, creating goodwill among people. So um, the staff that we have, I just have an amazing group of some of the brightest people I've ever worked with. They're brilliant. Uh, they uh, surprise me all the time. They keep me on my toes. And um, they tell me when I'm like messing up and what we need to do next. I really appreciate that. Not every boss has staff that are willing to do that. Um, and then our clients are, are just incredible. So we've, wow. we've developed really long-term great relationships with our clients. That's wonderful. Great to hear. Well, thanks again for coming on to the show. Super, yeah, thanks for having me. Super insightful stuff. Um, 
that's definitely the impactful work that you do with Now It Matters, but sort of your thoughts and thinking behind building a team and sort of the nonprofit ecosystem within Salesforce and how you got your start, just learning by doing and tossing it all in production. I love it. So unique story. So thanks again for coming on to the show. Thanks so much. Really appreciate really it. Really nice yeah. to meet you.